Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that is best enjoyed while shit-faced. And no longer has herpes. Oh. Herpes, oh. herpes free since 2011. You carry that with you. I don't know. Like, like last, okay, last week, uh, when I went to the doctor, uh, when I went for the big medical study, they actually looked at that and like, yeah, it doesn't look like. She Wait, so the Minute Clinic might have made a misdiagnosis? <gasps> I'm not saying that, that the, uh... What? Oh, love What? A poorly paid non-doctor didn't give you the correct diagnosis? <laughs> well, this was a registered nurse, too, but she was also a PhD, so there you go. She was an oncologist. She, she is a $30 uh, get-your-note-for-work person. Yeah. You give her $30, she gives you a note for work. And you say, when do you want to go back? Yeah, don't really want to, but let's go for Monday. That well, for me, she was a, a $30, uh, make me feel safe and not horrible and contagious, which I think maybe... Uh, Wait, herpes made you feel better? Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that she told you it was shingles actually made it worse. It yeah. did make it worse. Maybe I should have, uh, maybe I should go to a psychologist for something like that. Yeah, but they're not in charge of $30. No, Wait, she was an oncologist? No, the... Person I talked to um, last week was an oncologist. I thought doctors were always oncologists. Yes, yes. Anyway, th- I feel like this has been a great uh, introduction for what will eventually become our our interview with Lucas. Yes. Uh, I mean herpes and gmails and uh, premeditated murder. It's, it's what Lucas would have wanted. I I think it's what he would have what he would have preferred. Yes. Um, no, he would prefer to be interviewed by a podcast that has listeners. Yes. And is, is more professional than Yeah. This. But he's making do, and so shall we. Well, you know what? Um, yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to do the interview, you shouldn't have shown up. No, I, I'm actually, I was actually that, really that, pleased with how well he took everything. I kept having to text him back and say, oh, this, this went horribly wrong. Uh, how about this? And then that would go horribly. Dylan behind. has herpes. I'm pretty Dylan sure can't do if you it. run a convention, you're used to things going horribly wrong because inevitably things will go horribly wrong. But that that's what you are there for. That doesn't mean you're not a dick. You that's still right. be a dick. Like your dicks do run conventions. <laughs> Lucas is in fact not a dick. These uh, are facts. So These you're saying facts. this is like a rare thing? Yes. Oh, well, I don't know, rare. I, it's a thing. Lucas is just a nice guy. There, we said it. There, we said Lucas it. Is, and we stand by awesome. it. Okay, well... Sony makes a fine product. That's it. Um, GMX was a thing. That we, happened. Yeah, we okay. talked about it in depth on uh, Awesome Guest, which you can listen to wherever Basil puts that up, which will probably be in about two months knowing Basil. <laughs> oh, But still, check it out, because we're not going to rehash oh. that stuff. And if you listen to that, you also get to hear Basil and, and everybody else. So yeah, always podcasting good. great platform for pre- passive aggression. <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah. He'll put it up eventually. Whatever. Oh, he'll he'll send uh, tersely worded uh, tweets to us after he listens to us. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he should. And then next time we see him, we'll be all like, "Hey, how's it going?" I'll put my arm around and put my hand on his shoulder like I did at the Momocom party, man. People got so wasted, and I wasn't even one of them. No. You know what I love? I, I don't. I love redheads that are topless serving drinks. Wait, that happened. That yes. happened. 
Dinosaur redheads. No, 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 she no, didn't, no, no, like, no. Oh, this was different. Yeah, there's there's a half naked dinosaur lady. Mm-hmm. Um, These are things think... I don't know that we should talk about. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think she. You know what? Yeah, and, just... oh, and then you had to go and identify someone further, didn't you? Though? That's okay. She won't listen to this unless you know. Ba- I, don't know I think Basil was. knows her, so you know. So Basil. Don't say anything. Don't don't say anything to the half naked dinosaur lady who's right. We love her though. She's awesome. This is very. I actually talked to her when she was sober, and she and she was really nice. She's super nice. Uh, I I never said she wasn't nice. Quite the opposite. It was Dylan. I didn't say casting dispersion. No, I didn't. I didn't say anything. (laughs) You know, your herpes rattled mine. Probably fabricated all kinds of things. Really does does uh, you know, turn yes. your brain and switch cheese. It's not. It's Here's, not BD. It's what from happens. chicken pox. What, if that, it was even if that's what you call your Thai lady boy, that is fine. <laughs> if you call him I chicken pox, I kill you here on the air. That's that's cool. But Charlie, but that doctor is going to come and kill you for breaking Dylan's heart. For hurting I have never school. broken Dylan's heart, nor will I ever. Oh wow! My heart will. Be All right. Uh, do we do we go on with the Momocon party, or have we said too much? We've you know, too I much. fear we have said too much. I don't think we've said nearly enough. Um, oh, actually, no. Let me set this up. I had gone to the beer tasting panel. I had had the equivalent of two beers, so I was like, "I'm done for the night." Nope. No, I actually no, I didn't. I didn't get my hand stamped. I didn't, you know, present my ID. I, I don't think like, they cared. I did not get anything else to drink. I just sat back and watched. You have a full and luxurious beard. Being the only sober guy. Oh, you were not the people. you were not the only sober guy. Well, no. But here's another. Here's Listen, another, I were sober. Here's we another pro tip: if any friend of Chris Sex offers you alcohol and you yourself, <laughs> do you not. Do it. But the thing is, you do live the next day, so Barely. as a smarter person, as a it did something to your eyes. No, I, yeah, I can't. I can't tell what it is, but your 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 eyes look now more pale, like your dead. Someone has really tragic. Yeah, um, she is. She is in fact infected with the Erebus virus. We're actually uh, recording this right before like a Halloween sort of. I'm gonna be a zombie. Uh, actually, we're recording zombie. it right before we go see uh, Unknown Hansen in concert. Um, so happy Halloween, everybody! Yeah, yeah. Hello. Oh. He, he made it out of Everclear. And that oh, made death water. That's just, that's the thing I noticed. I was like, you mean that, that crappy band that sang all those whiny songs? Hey, I like Everclear. No, it was uh, pure Wait. gray alcohol. No, Stuff that will mess you up. Or am I thinking of Coldplay? I think you're thinking of uh, Nickelback. No, they're the ones that sang all the songs about uh, drinking and fucking. Except no, the ones that they use singles. Drinking has that's good. Drinking has that. No, 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 no. They, they, they just that. use the template of Southern yeah. Rock. Well, the, 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 no. they can't do it. They don't have the soul of it. So they're just they're. It's like they're raping Southern Rock. See, I think maybe with their we're Canadian-ness. like. I think maybe we're we're and Kid Rock. He's from like Detroit. Yeah. So screw him. Maybe we just assume that anything within a certain vague genre that isn't Southern Rock is Southern Rock. 
Anything that gets played around here constantly is Southern Rock. It's oh, like, it's a little bit grunge, it's a little bit country. Ah, Southern Rock. No, it's probably something else. Grungery would be the name. Grungery. Although I would highly recommend that everyone check out um, the Hank Williams the Third song, Dick and Dixie. <laughs> that sounds horrible. When the, when, the, when the chorus is, I put the dick in Dixie, I'm putting the cunt back in country. Oh. <gasps> Oh my god. It's hilarious. Yeah, we do. Wow. I'm shocked that uh, he is not the most offensive Hank Williams. It's a fact. And, like, like, Hank Williams Jr. is no longer the most offensive Hank Williams. You know, I think Jr. probably still is. Because he's kind of like, that boy ain't going to show me up. (laughs) Call me Fox News. I'll have crazy (laughs) him good. He can cuss, but I'll pull the Hitler card. Uh, I, I mean, where uh, we go from here. We we are talking about GMX. No, we're not. Let's get back. We're not that. staying on topic. Oh, so GMX, who's turning the corner? Wait, what? Oh, oh. The podcast. They don't listen. <laughs> they won't know that we said anything. No. We say it with deepest respect. I'm going to rename this 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 particular recording the Guilt Cast because it is all I'm going to be feeling afterwards. Guilt Cast would be a good name for a podcast. Yeah, it would. That should be an offshoot project. Work on it. Devin and I should do that. The Guilt Cast. Are we okay? Starring an aspy person and an alcoholic, or just aspy and the alcoholic. I'm not not... the Guilt Cast starring aspy and the alcoholic. I don't think I actually have Asperger's. Okay, whatever. Aspy and Alky. Okay. Morning Zoo Group. <laughs> no, I don't have Asperger's. I'm just weird. Oh hell! What? They got a term for that. They, they got a name for uh, you know lightish red. I'm I'm unlabeled weird. I'm just generic. You're so off the shelf weird. You are so weird. Your weird is so obscure. No one's ever heard of it. Yes. So GMX. Yeah. Um. We've got videos of the Podcasting 101 and Nonfiction for Geeks panel, so I don't feel like we should talk too much about that, because you can actually go on YouTube and, and watch it and see for yourself. I, I will say that I want to do Nonfiction for Geeks again. Uh, we've actually but talked... better. Well, other books, I guess, this time. And, and we've actually talked, there may be ways to adapt this to an anime convention. Possibly. Look out! We're coming for your daughters. Look out. Get to the chopper. I'm not. I'm just breathing hard. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Da, 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 da. What? I don't get to break the podcast? Everybody it's been else has. so many times. Yeah, we you can't avoid the it. warranty. We, we, we can't take even, this back. Even Walmart will the, not take Even this. with the receipt. And Walmart will take anything. They really will. Yes, they will. Unless, you, unless, by God, if you take a DVD out of the shrink wrap, they do not want you even in the store. So GMX. GMX! GMX! Some of the most uh, helpful staff I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And, and, of course, a lot of it comes from the fact that... But you're talking about Walmart, and I was about to call you on it! No, I, I'd be totally full of shit if I said Walmart had some of the most helpful staff. But yes, friendly staff. Agreed. Uh, yeah, a lot of that comes from the fact that GMX and MTech share a lot of folks that we've already worked with in the past. But well, I think when you got people that are used, those people that are used, that work both of them, that are used to working a much larger convention, yeah. suddenly having a much smaller one to run, 
is probably, I would imagine, a bit of a relief. It, it lets them sort of relax a little bit. Although it seemed to be larger than last year. I'm and sure it was. I'd it, like to see the numbers on that. But they said they I think they doubled numbers. it. They, I think they said they doubled, over-doubled their attendance from last year. And Holy was, crap. Like, they really did need this hotel. The, the, the hotel they had last year was okay, but it was just, I mean, they couldn't have had the convention this size there. The the problem is they're I think they're in a position where um, the hotels are not like it's hard to find a good hotel for for a con their size because there's a lot of um, I've seen a lot of complaints on the forums about like the, the tenth floor stuff and, and some yeah. of the placement of the rooms it was just yeah but they but it was just attendance, a product their attendance numbers will have to be a good bit higher before they move up I would imagine because I would think as they grow they'll probably Unless they had a bad experience with a the hotel, they'll probably go through the same sequence of hotels that Impact did to some extent. Yeah. So after this one, it might be, oh, crap, was it a Marriott or something? Whatever sixth period was in. Embassy right. Suites. And then they moved to the Sheraton, but they were pretty big by the time they got to the Sheraton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they would probably need to grow quite a bit more before they could fill that guy up. But I, I really like the Sheraton. I hope GMX makes it there eventually, because we all know the layout. It, and, so it was, they. and the staff was really good yeah. at the at the Sheridan. So. Also, um, I didn't get a lot of chance to meet a lot of the guests, but the ones I did get to talk to were really super nice. I really regret not, because it's one of the things, there was so much going on that I kept finding myself thinking, okay, I know where the guests are, I know vaguely when they'll be there, when, where they'll be and when they'll be there, I'll get back to them. And then it came Sunday, and I wasn't able to get to everybody I wanted. I, the only two that I really got to talk to were um, uh, Samantha Newark and Patricia Albert, who were both just like, the sweetest people. They were so lovely. I mean, yeah, they were. I mean, they were the, they were some of the friendliest um, guests I have ever met at a convention. I mean, they wanted to know your name. They wanted to know what you do for a living. They wanted to know where, where you live. Was, where you live. I mean, they were asking all kinds of questions. The password to your bank account. That one was weird. But yeah, I, I, I gave it to them, them though. Yeah, yeah. They, they were trying. They were nice. What's the harm? I don't know. But there were. I. I really wish I'd, I'd met some of the other guests uh, as cool I, as they were. I talked to uh, Jason Miller for a little while, and he was really cool. I mean, he was in the arcade room just hanging out with people. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a really nice guy. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll get him on the podcast because we did talk to him about it. And he, he kind he, you know, when I told him that I ran the podcast, he's like, oh, you know, would you like me to come on sometime? I'm like, yeah. So, uh, that, that's in the yes. works. We'll, uh, you know, when someone asks, do you want to be on the podcast? You say, you say yes. Um, and, and that's fact. If anyone asked me if, if, uh, I wanted them to be on the podcast, I wouldn't tell them that. We we have had listeners on, so you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really no. There's no exactly. We've yet to have we've yet to had to had to draw the line, right? You do realize that's opening up a can of worms, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do try to keep Chad off, but <laughs> no, we don't. And and I was so sorry that he couldn't have gone to GMX this year. Yes, sorry. And I don't know. Well, eventually they'll probably have a program like. Um, some of the conventions have for kids, and he can bring his dogs, and they can, <laughs> they can watch them. I, I was kind of setting you up there, but I really was like 
frustrated, like, no! Can't Just let them die! Chad won't listen to this either, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way, that is why he did not hate us with good cause. Um, what'd you guys think about the dealer's room? That was better than last year. I mean, oh, well, that doesn't take much. Well, yeah. See, so, yeah, since I wasn't there last year, I don't. It was, it was a very small dealer's room. Uh, some of the same dealers from last year were back, but um, overall, it was it was a lot better. Although it kind of doubled as like. Dealer's room slash uh, walk of fame, like in I driving. That was good. Going. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good central. It was a good location to have it. Yeah, they had a lot of more or less dealers' tables kind of scattered throughout the con. It's also kind of an artist alley kind of thing. Yeah, like, they had a little bit of everything in that room, which I mean, it seemed to work for the spe- for the space that they had and the way they had it laid out. And and because I was never in there where it was crowded. I mean, the the, the between the aisle between the tables was was really large, so. I mean, traffic was never an issue. And the selection was actually pretty decent. I mean, they had a little bit of just about everything. Yeah, although there are two vendors both selling, like, the glasses with the, uh, the different designs on them. Yeah, there was actually a third one. Like, Momocon had some of those. I, I get the feeling that there's, like, that's going to become a the thing, thing. Now. But I thought those were the I, I thought those were, I thought the same group just had two tables. Nope. Mm-hmm. Were they different no, groups? Different no, there were different groups. Because we... Talks to one group extensively, oh, okay. and then there was the other table that has more established name. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I actually had like I had like a costuming place, which you know, who had like Stargate and Battlestar Galactica jackets, which were yeah. several hundred dollars, which made me sad. Find a pattern, we'll make one. I know, one. I know, I will. Speaking of uh, of costuming, the uh, the drought. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes, costuming panel was actually really fun. Yes, I want to be a drought. I mean, who doesn't? She says putting on zombie makeup. Heck, zombie drought. Uh, don't think it is. I'll do them all. Ooh. Sorry, <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave it at that though. She stands by her decision. Yellow face, red face, doesn't matter. Did it, um, overall in the programming though, did it, did it seem like a whole lot of the panels, like, started, it was very staggered. It wasn't like you had a whole bunch of stuff that started at 12, then 1, then 2. I think there was a lot of stuff was like on the half hour and... I think they had some of those and it seemed to be like places where one particular thing ran long or yeah. something like that, so... I don't know exactly how that worked. I didn't go to just a ton of panels, but I did. And as a result of the of the the way the scheduling was done, and I don't know if this was good or bad because I both liked it and hated it. There were very few panels I felt that I got to sit through the entire one, but yeah. I also got to hit a whole lot of panels that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm actually hi Jeffrey. I'm actually really happy. Do you want to be in on the recording, Jeffrey? Are you recording? Yes, yes. sir. <laughs> that's okay. That's not the most egregious interruption of the podcast that's ever transpired. Not, even not, not like when we had Basil on and Chad Skyped in the middle of it and started going, Hey, can you hear me? But he couldn't hear us. Oh, Poor Larry. Basil. Poor boy. Poor Chad. 
Let's get back back down this episode. Jeffrey, what's your favorite candy bar, honey? What do you want oh, for trick or treating? They are I am going to punch you. I, I, right, if there was not a table, and I, I will, I will save it up. We'll effing punch you. Don't save it up, Charlie. I love you. No, well, I want it to build up so I can actually knock your ass out. You won't know. You won't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? What's and then you will wake up on the floor two days later wondering what happened. Where did all this blood come from? Why does your face hurt? You're calling for work for me, right? Yeah, I'll call in for work. For me. <laughs> Yeah, for you. Can't so go, I can, can't so go I can watch Ashley. Friend well, beat up my wife. I've got a... Click, 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 I'm click, sure John has to tell that story a lot, though. Somebody beat up my wife. She had it coming. Uh, I've got to stay home and take care of her. If you know what I'm saying. People yeah. would... I, I think... I think you, oh, man. We've gone off. So anyway... GMX! GMX! Woo! Yeah! Um, Woo! We're wild! Look at that. Jeffrey put his pants back on. Um... Oh. I don't think it's like maybe not having a program. Oh. Yes. Um, and that, uh, like not having a description of, of all the panels. I mean, a lot of it was self-explanatory, but there was part of it that wasn't. I think that hurt, especially, um, like, I decided to, t- to, um, to title my game development panel this year, X&A Jam, because Mike was actually talking about getting, doing like a day of, uh, under that name, and I'm like, well, it sounds cool. You know, that'll be fun. And I really think not calling it game development with XNA means no one has a clue what it is. So, well, she's not a zombie uh, yet. Don't I'm kill her, Jeffrey. Wait, wait till I'm done. Um, well, no, the the timing of your panel though was probably what hurt the worst. Yeah, but but we had. We ran into some other panels that had the same problem where uh, someone had changed something in the title. This this came up in one. Of the yeah, panels. but we don't know. Was it the case of the title? Was it the case of the title or the time? And I really think with yours, it was more the time. That's and when fact. You, when you're the last panel, one, or if you're if yeah. you're the last, if you're the four o'clock on Sunday panel. Oh. I just I would. I mean, if you'd been on Saturday, someone has three. Oh yeah. Then. Last year, my. That's that's why Sunday. four o'clock Sunday you should schedule all your really big draw panels. <laughs> Right. All, all the stuff you know is really gonna, really gonna uh, fill out. Cosplay contest. Yeah. yeah, that's when you put the cosplay on. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, <laughs> the dog. Yes, because they have to change. Oh, people will always be pissed. Um, but that is true. People I'm assuming they didn't do the. Pro- and I didn't think to ask. I'm assuming they didn't do programs because it's probably a huge cost savings. Yeah, and I and I imagine too that they were. Kind of like the schedule didn't get finalized for a while, so oh, I'm sure could have been a time it, issue. it's like sure the week of. Yeah. Well, I kept thinking what what occurred to me with with a with a convention that size, and the fact that a lot of things are self-explanatory. I think it would have been cool out outside of every room to have a list of all the panels that were happening that day or the whole weekend with a description of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I liked how they had the schedule outside each room and highlighted what was going on in that particular room. But even if you didn't want to print up a whole bunch of programs, just print up a copy for each room, for that room only, stick it up there so that you can go past the room and read what stuff is. That I think that would be a big improvement for someone like me who doesn't have a smartphone. Yeah. And in fact, there were some panels that, um, there were some cases where signs were probably more necessary, like the uh, the rooms on, uh, 
the second floor. Yeah. The power rooms on the second floor were kind of hard to find, and um, I wouldn't have found them easily for like the Follow Friday uh, panel on Friday night if someone had not been standing up there. He wasn't staff and pointed me down. Uh, so. If I hadn't seen a line when I went up there, I would have had a little issue yeah. finding them as well. But. I didn't go to a lot of the panels. I spent a lot of time in the arcade room. Which, the only other like issue, the only other thing that I would call, I guess, a gripe was that our panels were right next to the arcade room. Well, had any panel that I was in that was right next to the arcade room, because they just did not soundproof that thing, and the wall didn't... No, there's like a little hole in the wall there where the sound comes out. It was a divided panel room, and I'm not sure how they could have divided it up any better. Well, I don't divide, but they could have... There are things you can do to at least partially soundproof a room. I have had enough victims to know that. Um... You know, you can get some egg crating or something like that. I mean, you, I mean, there are little things you could do that at least would dampen the sound against that removable Charlie, wall. Charlie, you can also just put duct tape over their mouths. That doesn't stop them banging like on pots and pans. Oh no, you tie you, you tie me. See, now that's sounding like work. Um, but um, honestly, I think we we were kind of a, a special case because I don't think it was that hard to hear stuff in panel rooms, but we were recording and. Lou King was going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, because I, I was at a couple other panels where I thought, okay, it's it's a, it, I mean, it's not impossible to hear, but if you're in the back, it could be a little tough. Yeah. But I, I really think with the space they had, they did the best yeah. with what they could. What I'm saying is a suggestion for next year if they had the same setup. Yeah. You know, maybe try and do a little bit of soundproofing against that wall. And, and one nice thing, too, about the location is this was closer to downtown. From what I understand, is you know, it kind of in this more. It's closer to downtown, which is where Impact will be next year. So yeah, it's actually nice to be able to you know walk across the street and go to Starbucks, walk down the sidewalk and go to McDonald's. And, you know. So I fight for parking like it was Borders uh, around Christmas back when we still had Borders. Yeah, although and, and someone pointed this out on the forum, um, the the hotel actually did start directing people to park on the medians in the parking lot, so they handled it as best they could. Oh, okay. So it wasn't just people deciding to do that's that's yeah. cool. So I, I think they handled it again as best they could. Oh yeah. And the hotel as well. Uh but shout outs to uh, the folks at Game Galaxy. Really nice. Um a lot of fun. We had uh the the first ever uh cookie kumite where uh Folks would line up to play me at Third Strike to see if they could win a batch of cookies. Uh, nice Dick did not. Nice oh, Dick so I did not win any cookies. He'll get cookies anyway. He'll get cookies anyway, but he did not earn them. Because you did not give him cookies. Because he, he got... Yeah, and you'll vomit violently, but <laughs> he otherwise got bothered. Um, I will say, in addition to Game Galaxy, the people who are doing the, um, the analog gaming room, Mm-hmm. I think they, there was a company called Roll the Dice or something. I don't think they had signs up. They were totally awesome because I went in there and they had the Battlestar Galactica board game. And I asked them if they had the, the expansion set for it. And they're like, well, no, but we can bring it tomorrow. And they did and they brought it and another expansion I didn't even know existed. That's cool. They made 80 bucks off me. So. Yeah, that's cool, because there have been a lot of times where, I've, where I'm where i like, hey, do you have this figure? And they're like, you know, 
We don't have any more here, but it's at our store. But they, you know, they'd be there for the whole weekend, but yeah. they wouldn't bring it back. I don't know. And, and I'm not, I'm not looking at anyone in particular in Amazing Escape, but, uh, you know, you could learn from this. I don't you're going to listen. I don't know. They, I don't know how they did that, like if they were staying in the hotel or if they had to send someone back to do it. Either way. I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And actually there was another guy that, I don't know who this was, and I feel bad, but he had a bunch of role-playing books, bought a copy of the Battlestar Galactica RPG rulebook, and he's like, hey, do you want me to sign that for you? And obviously would have to look at the guest list to figure out what he did on it. He no, he sold awesome. it too, and and then asked if you want him to sign it. Dear Dylan, uh, have a great summer. Um, good Hickenox, luck with the ladies. Hickenox class was awesome. Uh, that's how uh, Neil Kaplan signed my uh, autograph book. That's great. Wow, yeah. Man. So GMX. Um, you just needed that on a timer. So GMX. That's probably a good idea. We, we need to calculate how long it takes us to get off topic. It's our riddle. We we should just title the episode so GMX dot dot dot. So GMX, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and we may as well thank Basil while we're at it for having us back on Awesome Cast. Absolutely, that's always fun. Um, it's always cool to see them. It was late, and we were punchy, and yeah, so so much was said. So much was said. I have I have a feeling. That that Basil does, does a good job of putting up with us. Yes, many people do a good job. Of putting I, I'll up be honest, with you, we do not make it easy on him. No, nor have we ever. You know, it started out where we, you know, when we worked on him with the interview, we, we were very professional, and now it's just like we're just trying to give Basil shit now. Uh, I, I am not actually trying; it just happens. Not that he, <laughs> you know, not that he doesn't. Uh, Dish it out to you. Oh, they're going to say deserve it. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Don't you badmouth no boys in front of me. And after, after we did that interview, we went up to the green room. We did go up to the green room. over Twitter. Yeah, we did right. get invited uh, into the green room. Now, granted, no one was there. You know, it was like it was 2 o'clock at night by the time we finally made it up there. Yeah. But uh, by God, we were in the green room. Yeah, that was cool. I knew with nobody else there. I, I mean, the the bartenders were were packing up for the night, but they were really uh, nice. They were super nice. Get those yeah. bartenders back. They were cool people. They were cool people. They offered to make strings. They're like, "Yeah, we'll make you something if you're tipping good." And we were like, "No thanks." We uh, it's that. like it's like I'll we just take my death I'll just take a, a, a soda. Couldn't, couldn't drink another. Uh, oh. <laughs> Filling up on the death water. It's very filling. I'll just take uh, a quarter of a hit. One sixteenth. <laughs> Actually, the, the guy, kind of a big lunch. I think the guy who did that was also the guy who was sitting in the Xbox uh, yeah, it, it was. Actually, participated in a room full of three people who had no idea what I was going to be talking about. So. You included? No, I I did. I just like well, I, I could have I could have this slide deck for the you know. Beginning developers, like people who are interested in game design. Don't worry, one, one year you'll get Mike to come with you, put one of those on, he can yell at people for 45 minutes. Without and then you, Microsoft is killing you, Xbox Live. And then you only need 15 minutes worth of actual content. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, GMX. So, GMX. It was fun. Um, Highly recommended. Yeah. Yes. 
if 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 you're looking to go to sort of just an all around general media convention, but don't want to go to Dragon Con, of like you know six hotels at Dragon Con, then no. In addition to Dragon Con, do this and Dragon Con. Actually, that's not. Yeah, I mean, do Dragon Con to get all the autographs you're looking for, and then just have fun. Go to GMX. Yeah, this is like your kickback. Yep. So, this has been a very disjointed, um... So, GMX! Insult-oriented, um... Not nearly as much about GMX as we would have wanted the episode, uh, but... Unknown Henson waiting for us. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we do have an, a, a rather excellent interview, despite all of this other crap that uh, we're putting in this episode. As always, this is kind of our modus operandi, as it were. Yeah. We start everything else, and then we do good interviews. Yeah, it's true. But we have to be on our best behavior. It's kind of and like, focus. You know, we, no, no, we don't have to. We don't have but to, but we try to, to. Because we always have good guests. We have never had a bad guest. Not this is once. True. And, and so help the one who screws us on that. And I this, know. This I was just asking for the jinx on that one. I was going to say, this is even including the interview where uh, Chris called John Louis Anderson and John called Chris Carrot Top. Yes. Carrot Top. <laughs> I mean, like... Just go and after That was it. wrong. That was multiple levels of wrong, and yet still not about it. And they still made out afterwards, though. So That's true. Awkward. Awkward. Um, I love you, Chris. Because he didn't even want to make out with us. Like, what about chocolate? liver? Son of a bitch. If I thought look, he said you if made you out with him and he didn't want to make out. I said that. I was about to say that sir is called something else. If, if, you, if you're friends with Taylor Swift, like uh, like Chris and I are. If, if if only we we had songs written about us. Very few people get that honor, and by very few, I mean everyone. Only seven billion of us. Oh, we make that joke on yes, podcast. yes, we did. We just like now we're recycling the humor Woo! because we're green, saving the earth one joke at a time. Us. Sony makes a fine product. There, there I, I said it. it. I, Jeffrey, sure. that'd be great, except that we did that thirty minutes ago. Yeah. Oh. At some point, we're just this, getting... though. This episode is brought to you by Dr Pepper Ten. Uh, if you're a lady, do not drink, or you will become Teddy Roosevelt. You grow. If you're a man, you will become Teddy Roosevelt. This is true. We'll drink I... it. We'll drink it. We'll sprout a curly mustache, and your uh-huh. hair will secrete pomade. And you will manifest some destiny. And you will be extra Pringles. This is true. I had some at work, and I'm now fifty percent more Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say yeah. the mustache or the monocle. But yeah, I I drank some before the warnings came out. Yeah, yeah. Now I've got all kinds of chest hair. Mm-hmm. Sad. You kind of had that before. No, I didn't. Uh, on the flip side, um, <coughs> did a great job uh, leading a brigade up San Juan Hill. True, true. And that cabin you built was almost flawless with your hands. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Charlie, I would still do your sister with a monocle and a Teddy Roosevelt mustache. How about now? Yes. Totally. Rare. Brains. For the folks who can't so, GMX. see this, she's in half uh, finished zombie makeup. So, GMX, Maybe I'll talk them into putting a there, picture be up. Be there, live there. Yes. yes. Live inside. Don't get an excellent plan to live inside the hotel, as I recall. Yes. Uh, if I can if I can hide out from the, the house or the housekeeping staff, I can just stay there for free. I don't know. 
A lot of things were said. A lot of inside jokes were made. It sounded like a great idea at the time. And then you start thinking about how I'm going to get food. It suddenly becomes an issue. Just get the leftovers from room service. People stick those trays outside and just... It's like dumpster diving, except more refined. <laughs> except probably less sanitary. Rich more people refined. dumpster diving. Less sanitary? <laughs> Depends on the dumpster. Right? Depends on it, yeah. Well... So, GMS... Yeah, we're okay. done. Yeah, we're we're set down. But we we love you, GMX. We love you, Lucas. Thanks for coming on the podcast again. Yeah, sorry, sorry about the lead-in. But uh, you can fast forward. Yeah, we'll put we can post notes on the website. Just go ahead and fast forward to minute. Yeah, just skip past the rest of this. Oh, all right. Well, guys, we're off to go see uh, Unknown Henson. Uh, we're gonna leave uh, Lucas here to watch and keep you company. So we'll see you next time. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, coming to at you live from uh, the third volume of the Geek Media Expo. And here with us, uh, the head man himself, uh, Lucas Leverett. Lucas, uh, appreciate you coming back on the podcast with us. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it's good to good to do it. Um, glad I could catch up to you. Sorry I couldn't make Atlanta. Right. Um, but uh, life happened. And uh, I now have a car with a functional transmission, so... <laughs> That's kind of important. Um, yeah. But better better uh, than without. Right. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's good to see you guys. Yeah, and, and Holly proved a, a suitable replacement. Absolutely. Actually, I listened to as much of her interview as I could before I left my office. Today. Before you started vomiting. Oh, no, it was great. Like, actually, um, you know, she's... One of, the, one of the reasons we really like having her involved is that she's such a good people person. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, She's got a great voice. Uh, she just she sounds good when she talks. You know, you, you could. I mean, I'm sure you deal with some people that like go on really nerdy uh, tangents. And they're like, actually, in episode 42, if you know anything, then so it's nice that she's kind of she's got down to earth uh, connection to the fan base. Right. Well, uh, this has been a rather large. Uh, Jump from year two of GMAX to year three. Um, over 50 guests. Uh, still, still a little upset that we weren't one of them. I, I don't know what 51 could have hurt. But, um, that's, that's, that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about that some other time. But how much do we have to pay you to get on the web? That's, well, honestly, I mean, you know, uh, with the web culture section, it's not impossible that, uh, you know, higher profile podcast folks can be involved. So it's, it's always just a matter of talking to us and, and, we are no high profile. Yeah, I was about to say, there's, 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 there's the sticking the point. That's okay. We'll move that high profile. One, one day we'll be high profile. Well, not everything we do here is high profile. A lot of it's startup. I mean, not every guest has been, uh, you know, already made their way. A lot of them are right. uh, making their way. So feel free. It never hurts to, uh, you know, ask around and get a relationship going. There you go. Um, but in any case, what was sort of the driving factor for such a, a large increase from year two to year three. Are you talking about uh, space or people or uh, everything? Everything. <laughs> space people guess. Um, well, guest-wise, we basically uh, we, we brought in a new staff person as our external operations managing director, Jeremy Miller. Um, he, uh, he attended GMX and had asked around some people that know me and said, uh, you know, how could I get involved? I don't want to just walk up and talk to Lucas about, you know, being involved. And they were all telling him, no, that's actually what you should do is walk up to Lucas and talk about being involved. And so he said, uh, you know, I got some ideas. Let's go eat lunch. So we went to lunch and he had two pages of an outline that was essentially 
the Jeremy envisioned GMX concept with some ideas on new events and other things. And I looked at it and said, you know, if, if this is for real and if you're for real, uh, go for it. Let's, let's see what we can do there. And part of his vision, I think, was to try to have guest representation even at the entry level of new people starting a new career venture uh, for all the channels as much as we could. And to try to really push the, uh, the concept that, uh, that we all kind of agreed that GMX could be an expo for people that are involved in all of it. So if you're uh, creating something that's in the geek realm, geek arts realm, uh, this could be your showcase. Or if you want to get involved and learn it, then you could come meet other people, make connections, get involved. Maybe one day you're a guest or maybe one day you're on a panel or whatever. And it would be almost like carving out its own industry show concept within fandom. Because so often fandom is one, one directional. If there's a convention that's produced, it's delivered to you. You know, there are certain people that specialize in that model creation, but they, uh, they do a thing. You know, we do a different thing. We don't like the cattle call, autograph, listen to somebody yak on stage for two hours and pay 75 bucks for the whole experience. You know, we want people involved. So I think that that's part of what led there. Uh, we were all kind of shocked. We were like, we, how many guests do we have? Like, yeah, right. But when you look at it, a lot of cons, especially small cons, you look at their guest list and you're like, who? <laughs> Everybody on there, you're like, who's that? Or if you're like me and you're not a big novel reader, you're definitely like, huh? <laughs> this person's important how? Well, I don't, I don't read all the books. So, hey, you know, they're not important to me, but they're great for somebody else. So what he wanted to do was give all these people an opportunity. Great example of that was, you know, Marble Hornets. Like, I didn't know anything about it. I, you know, head in the sand. I, you know, I spend more time doing this so other people can enjoy their geekdom. Uh, than I do being a geek. People always ask me, why do you not play video games? Well, because I make it possible for everybody else to enjoy them more. <laughs> so um, that was one of those things where I was blindsided, and it's hugely popular and getting you know big pop at the opening ceremonies and all this stuff. And it's like, wow, okay, I didn't even know about this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of really cool layers there. And we're always talking about bigger guests that might eat into the budget and make it, you know, you could have 20 people for the one. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, you know, we're trying to keep the mix. And that was really a driven uh, factor by Jeremy, I think. So what's the future for GMX? Is it going to continue in, the sort, in, in that sort of vein that you described? And as you get more people, as it gets larger, um, you know, what, what's the eventual target? Are you, are you looking at maybe having the same location as MTech, you know, like the convention center? Um, what, you know, what's, what's sort of your, your longer-term or mid-term goals for the convention? Well, um, you know, as you can see, we've, we've increased size of the venue. The layout is totally different than anything anybody's ever done. With a ballroom on the 10th floor, it's a very weird, like, variable for people to have to, you know, line up at an elevator for an event instead of a room door. Um, so there's, there's the step of moving through space, then figuring out how much can we sell on, on vendor space. Because vendor space, we, we escaped it. At MTAC, we had a tiny dealer room by comparison. And so we, we moved away from that being how you pay for things. Once we were able to unlock the convention center opportunity for MTAC, which was by experimenting with Easter weekend at the Sheraton, finding growth still to the tune of 1,600 person increase, we decided, okay, well, Easter doesn't hurt us, and we can be the central United States big kid, and the East and West have their big kids. And we build it, and people still come. So that unlocked the new model of big venue, now we have to sell space, and our our exhibits outreach director, Marcus, has just gone amazingly far in booking people. 
So now he's working this, booking this. So that gives us an opportunity. We can hand him a room and say, hey, can you sell this out for dealers? Yes. Cool. Well, now we know how much money we can make on that that might pay for the rental on a venue that would normally have been oversized by our previous business model of, of revenue. So that being said, we, you know, we did this. This is currently, a, it's fitting really well. It's about the right population. MTAC, when it was held here in 05, put 1,500 people in this building. And currently there's probably you know, 700 to 1,000 people here. I don't really know what the count is because they're doing their thing and I'm doing mine. At the end of the day, I may. But it still feels comfortable. The parking is almost non-existent. But other than that, <laughs> it fits pretty well. Uh, so moving to this venue was a step um, to that. And then and we'll just go on from there. And we're trying to use connections from MTAC's growth pattern. You know, MTAC was here. And then we want, we came back because they've been asking us to bring something back here. Uh, we could take a tour through Franklin like we did for uh, 06 and 07 for MTAC. Uh, but we can also skip that step and go straight to the Sheraton Music City if we want to mm-hmm. uh, and make a deal there where MTAC was. And everybody loved it there, I mean, for the most part. There were different little things, you know, sometimes parking, sometimes a security guy that nobody liked, you know, whatever it was. But um, it's still a good venue, and we have a good relationship. And they hated to lose the business with MTAC, so it would be great for them to get the business back with GMX. But then you have Music City Center, which is the big, like, target. You know, that's where everybody wants to get everything to be. Uh, you know, convention center, awesome. They're building a medical center, a uh, medical marketplace there that's kind of on top of it, so it's not going to really interrupt the convention center itself. And that convention center venue is great for MTAC for a couple of years, which we've already committed to two years there. Uh, GMX could easily get in there and do some stuff. The, the Tattoo and Horror Convention is the same weekend as MTAC in one of the exhibit halls. So they are starting to open up to the geek market, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a step to be in. And the relationship that we've built with the city and with the people that are in the Convention of Visitors Bureau could give us that next step of Music City Center. And I'll be honest with you, you could do one of these things in one of Music City Center's sections, and nobody would ever know you were there. The place is enormous. It's a gigantic building. It has enough room for Dragon Con, if you wanted to put it in the building, uh, possibly without expanding out of the building. Like, Dragon Con's multiple hotels and rooms mm-hmm. are all existent inside this one huge convention center. Wow. Um, and then it's going to have satellite hotel. I mean, the, the hotel attached to it has 80,000 square feet. It's an Omni uh, that's going to be built. And then there's another spot for what should have been a Marriott Marquis, but the uh, the feedback from the public was that the city shouldn't loan Marriott 500-something million dollars to build a building that they may or may not sign a lease on. <laughs> so right now that's a lot for a hotel. Then you've got other hotels around it. You know, you got the Hilton and stuff. So there's almost no limit to the growth. Uh, we are willing to have a Dragon Con or a Comic Con on our hands if we end up with it. Uh, you know, a lot of us love this. We would love to do it for a living instead of having to like duck phone calls and stairwells at our employers to run a con. We'd love to just quit our jobs, be self-employed, people running a convention, a nonprofit organization, which you know, you commit to only making enough money to get by. You never get rich in a nonprofit unless you're like the YMCA or Goodwill and <laughs> Tom Brass. But, um, you know, by forming the stuff that we formed, I think we've got a place where we can take this in, into infinity. I don't think we have a limit to what we're willing to do because we're all very passionate. So at what point does it become your job? Like, is there, is there, an, have you ever given any thought like this Absolutely. is the attendance figure? When we meet this, I'm, a, we may have to create a paid position. Right. 
Well, the, the dollars are really part of the problem. Um, you know, you got to be able to pay somebody to do something that, you know, usually that's going to be the office manager. Like the first person you need, it's not me making a, a fat paycheck. It's, it's somebody that's willing to sit around, answer the phones, keep us organized for minimum wage. <laughs> you know, that's the first step that you have to take. And DragonCon did that. That's, uh, other than sharing profit among their organizers, really the only person that was paid was their office manager. So that nine to five every day, you could call DragonCon. Um, but that, that also was a person high enough ranked that would, uh, help them run other things, and they became an on-site member of different teams that they knew what was going on on-site. So that would be one of the things, and one of the keys to that, of course, is, hey, now MTAC is in the convention center, and hey, now Marcus can sell a row of of dealer booths, and that's one person's salary for a year. So that's a great opportunity to move that cash over to somewhere that helps us get to where we need to get. Because at some point, you can only do so much until it's somebody's job every day to wake up and go to the office at 9 o'clock and do the job. Uh, so we're actually working on forming a new organization that focuses on carving out the popular arts as its own subset of art. So in the same way that a bluegrass festival or a, a jazz festival is a subset of the musical arts, we're trying to basically pull out popular arts as a subset of media art and make a, an organization around that concept that can then start to have these things happen, have that office manager, have the potential to, to stipend people. You know, the, the VPs and the president can have a stipend that makes it possible for them to take like a week's hit on pay at work and focus on the convention for the week previous, you know, and then ease into gradually where it, it's everybody's responsibility at the top to get up in the morning and go to work for the convention organization. What we're dedicated to is we don't want to become Comic-Con where, you know, we're so far away from the fans because we are fans. But we don't want to be so far away from the fans we're untouchable. uh, We're no longer in touch with it. We're no longer the guys that are into it. We're just there, you know, booking, making the money. We don't want to be Wizard where we we do those huge collections of guests with not nearly enough autograph revenue to possibly justify their space. Or creation, where you pay way, way too much money, and you barely get a dealer or two in the mix. We want to keep that fan thing. We want to have people come to the show, even if it's huge one day and it's 150 bucks for the weekend, we want you to come to the show and have the same kind of schedule full of so much stuff you couldn't possibly do everything, run by your peers for you. Uh, no matter what we do, that's the, that's the thing, is to wake up and, and, and that's the mission at the beginning of the day. Uh, we never want it to be our... I got rich off fans plan. Uh, it's been done and we think it's inferior. That's one of the reasons we have a lot of respect for Dragon Con. It's like real fans doing what they do. Even though there are people that share money at the top of the organization, they're still waking up in the morning being passionate about fandom. Well, let me know when you start hiring for the office manager because I'll pin my resume. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. I, I, will, I will definitely work my own way for that. <laughs> that's one of those things where you've got one opening and hundreds and hundreds of uh, applicants. I'm that's, pretty sure. That's okay. That's okay. I have, I have phone center experience and uh, I'm, I'm good with people. <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, in, I'm great in interviews. See, see, see what I did there. You know, I've been I've been laid off twice in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was laid off in '08. I was laid off in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectly reasonable financial reasons. Bosses that I worked. I, I I've been lucky enough in my professional career to never work for anybody but the president of the company. So you know, it's rough when you're a you're friends with the guy, and b he's got money problems. He's got to let you go. And then you got to figure out, you know, i got to support my family. I also have this responsibility to the fan culture to keep this convention going and to not take too much of a hit on my staff having to fill in for me being broke in spirit or broke in money. <laughs> you know, So um, I sought some counsel from 
some some of the people that, that I go to for advice, and and one of them said, you know, why isn't this a business yet where you're you're able to be paid enough, you know, for what you do because you do a lot. Uh, and I've got people in my own staff that say it's really kind of like crazy that you don't make any money. Well, you know, I did it because I loved it. I didn't do it because I wanted to check. Uh, sure, it's great. We, you know, hang out with VIPs. We go on trips for free to, I love to travel. So, you know, it's nice to go to a con and not pay anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, one of the guys I asked about it, he said that, you know, if you, if you do it right, you could make this so that all of you are doing it for a living within the next X number of years. And I basically boiled it down. I said, so what do you think? Do you think I just ride unemployment and go broke for a while and make this into that now? Or do I go to work for the man one more time? And he said, I think you're going to need to work for the man one more time. Luckily, my, my current boss thinks it's really interesting what we've done. You know, I started doing this when I worked for his company back in the day. I'm back at his company again at his request because he needed me back with him. And I told him, I'm coming back, and it's the, the last shot at that. I mean, if, if it doesn't work out, I may be doing this. <laughs> so, um, you know, let's do it now while it works for both of us. He has this interesting respect for what I've done because he's raised two uh, kids that are now in, in college, so he's been through the age group, and he's seen it grow, and he knows that it's nonprofit and all volunteer. And it's interesting to get respect from from your employer based on the fact that you've built this business that's essentially done for free on the side. Um, so he, he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't want me to sit around all day on his dime doing convention work, but he has a respect for what we accomplished because he saw when we were 400 people with MTAC. And now we're 6,000 people with MTAC. Who knows, you know, 1,000, 1,500, whatever we're going to end up with this weekend for GMX. And he sees that, you know, we've made this successful thing there. It also gives me a leg to stand on because, you know, I, they call me one of the old guys. But I'm the oldest or the youngest old guy that we've got at work at the office. So when I'm sitting around talking about, you know, why don't you guys work on selling products? I'll work on getting people that are in their twenties to care about it. Right. <laughs> and when they say, "Why are you qualified to do that?" I say, "I've got six thousand witnesses. What do you have?" <laughs> so right. it comes to full circle. It's a good connection to my personal uh, professional crossover there. So, um, so we've got MTAC becoming larger and larger. We've got GMX uh, growing suddenly. As those two brands start to grow and prosper, uh, what's next? Uh, what's, what do you do next, aside from just having the conventions? Do you just hold firm with that for a while? Or do you look at doing something else to sort of expand those brands or create a new brand? Um, the new organization that we're, we're really – I mean, we're like writing the charter for it. We, we intend during the winter season when we're a little slower to try to adopt and populate the new group. It's more poised to be universal. Because right now, MTAC was conceived as an anime convention. We changed the mission statement before we started GMX. And very, I almost never do anything without deliberate choice. I may pretend like I'm just dumb. But <laughs> when we changed the mission statement to insert and relevant popular arts, that was our gateway to not be off mission with the MTAC organization to hold GMX. Well, now the new mission for the new organization is completely overall fan culture. Um, so we can do anything we want to do. We have two big products, and each of those would have a vice president. Those would be the two conventions. That's why Holly is the vice president of MTAC. Yes. Um, you know, GMX would have a forthcoming vice president. And then you have all these other VPs. And instead of having operations departments for both, you'd have a VP of operations that's expected to supply all their services to both the conventions. But it's also an organization that could be gone to for help. So if you have a convention, there are a couple of examples of conventions that have experienced this. 
a convention within our scope, whether we decide that it's regional, local, whatever. And maybe they're having trouble. Maybe they've had a leadership breakdown. Maybe they've had a, a year where they, they went in debt. I mean, we, in, in 02, we had a terrible experience with MTAC. All the guys that organized it had agreed to bail it out. It was $1,000 in the hole, so we all pitched in some money and got it out of the hole. And then they basically, you know, gave it to me, and, and I said, I'll kill it gracefully, and said I was going to kill it. And people showed up and said, no, don't kill it. We'll help you run it. Okay, great. And now look. <laughs> so, hmm. um, you know, that kind of experience, we've been through it. So we can help another convention go through it. So if we deem something, if it's, you know, maybe it's a gaming convention, maybe it's a, a book, a literary event, maybe it's a single day event, we could be a resource to come in and say, hey, we will partner and make you part of our brand and help you to launch. Or, hey, you've, you've kind of dropped the ball on this product, but we think it's a good thing to have in town or in the region or whatever we decide. Give it to us. Let it try to, let us try to revive it. Because ultimately, maybe it becomes another big deal for us. So we have a separate area that can maybe work with that. So that'd be kind of a cool thing. It'd be really neat to be able to help preserve small events that that might be struggling through. We can also offer, you know, building better panels workshops to teach people how to show up with a laptop and actually put on a show instead of sit there and, like, talking to the microphone about their favorite show. And we can do how to run a con in a different way than your how, how to run a con panel. We can have you come into our organization, do a, you know, do an internship whatever it is. So I think that there's, again, not a limit uh, to what we could do with it, but we obviously don't want to overextend. Uh, but that's all part of that that mission, that concept of trying to support other events. In the same way that we go down and we help work uh, the anime room at Japan Fest in Atlanta. You know, we've told the new Japanese consulate here in Nashville, who we have a great relationship with, if you can do something like that, like if Cherry Blossom Festival gets to be a big, huge thing like that, we'd, we'd happily participate. Is trying to support things that are similar in our uh, in our realm, uh, and, and even the profit models. I mean, we try to be participatory and helpful, even to the like the one day shows in town that are really based on making money for the one proprietor that runs the show. We still want to participate there because it's fan culture. Uh, so we want to, you know, if you want us to do an anime room, you want us to do a one of our contests. I mean, we got a lot of marketable events. It'd be really easy to quote unquote hire out. Angry Birds live, you know, and take that to somebody else's show. And ultimately, it's just a promo for what we do. So we don't mind doing that if we have the time and the resources. So, I mean, that sounds like the organization would offer anything from just sort of basic support on up to, like, I, mean, I, 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 I want to use the term consulting services, on up to actually monetarily investing into the convention, either in part or in whole. That's pretty... That's cool. Yeah, it's a neat idea. And, and it really, like, when you, at the end of the day, when you think about it from the passion of fandom, it's a really great idea to be able to say that you could potentially help forward that whole culture. But then we could also venture into fundraising on our own. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of opportunity for us to own stuff and then rent it out. You know, it, it's all under the, under the umbrella of fundraising. You know, we need to own our own stuff to some extent. What if we've got like a, I mean, we already own 40 feet of our own pipe and drape. You know, why don't we buy a, a, a basic lighting rig and some sound equipment, and then your tiny fledgling event can rent that from us pretty cheap. Well, for us, it's a fundraiser. And to the mm-hmm. feds, when we report our income, hey, this is a fundraising effort that we have where we, we loan our stuff out for the price to help people not have to compete in that realm of really pricey AV. Um, maybe we just create a network with our partners. We have guys that do a great job giving us an affordable rate that are geeky dudes that own companies that do this stuff. So they come, they work with us, they give us a good deal. 
And we can network them into other conventions because at the end of the day, they love the stuff. They like hanging around and, you know, it's a way to hang around, have fun, and also have their income not be too dented by commitment of their equipment. So there are a lot of ways we could go with that. And yes, the scope is really interesting and no one's done it. That's what I was about to ask. I, I've never heard of any other business proposing exactly what, what you guys seem to be. Yeah. The, the road we're on is to try to be of service in more ways. Uh, instead of just a convention, it'd be great to be able to be more. Uh, and also to just be the first federally recognized nonprofit dedicated to geek arts. Now we can't call it geek arts and get the 501c3 from the, from the bean counters of the IRS, <laughs> but we can call it popular arts. And, uh, we, our current treasurer and administrative director, Amy, um, she hit the nail on the head. She wrote a pers- perspective mission statement and it says, uh, you know, popular arts and experiences central to the lives of the community. That was the most nice. awesome way to say OCD fanboys. Like, <laughs> right? you can't say that to the feds. They don't know. They don't get it. Central to the lives of the community covers everything from a guy that just likes the stuff to the guy that wakes up every day, straps on his tail and his ears, and goes and works at Burger King. <laughs> every level of fandom is represented by that central to the lives of the community concept. But that's really what it is. I mean... You got a guy that wakes up every day, puts on a Porter Wagner sequin jacket, and goes and plays music and, and, and teaches kids how to play a banjo. Why not have the same thing in fandom? Yeah. Are we talking about Chris Sex now? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's Chris. No, I think Cody's the one that dresses up. That's a fact. He's, he's a pretty woman. Yes. <laughs> you, 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 you missed it in nice, the interview. Nice curly hair. Cody wore a hammer in a dress, blonde wig. Lipstick, whole nine yards, hanging out with He's easily girlfriend. seven feet tall oh with God. the hill with the heels. Yeah. It's he's a pretty woman. Yeah, anyway. I actually just accidentally discovered that you can buy like tranny heels that are in men's size thirteen on the internet. Which cracks me up. I didn't even I saw an ad randomly, I was like okay. I yeah, can't. random ad quote. No, see, no, 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 it's cool. No, we're not judging, man. No, I, I totally understand how you could get that kind of ad on Facebook doing the things that we do in conventions. <laughs> you think about it, all the interests that are collected in a Facebook profile for a convention person. Think about all the weird crap <laughs> that's, that's popping up. You can imagine the Facebook ads that I see. Um, I'd rather not. <laughs> sometimes you're right. <laughs> For once, I was uh, not the one who broke the podcast. It was Lucas. Yes. <laughs> I did not break the interview. That one's his fault. Have you ever done it with trannies? Um, or is that a record? Wait, wait the podcast or what? What are, we, what are we proposing to do with trannies? Broke the podcast. What are oh. you thinking? Oh. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, yes, we did. Because uh, when we interviewed Micah Solisod at Hamicon, we talked about my acting career where I dressed up as an old woman oh, okay. with a bra and everything. Well, I will remind you, you brought this up by local rockers and drag being the topic. Right. <laughs> well, there's something about sequins and banjos. and This was when you were younger. This was not... Uh, this was last week. This was like yesterday. <laughs> it was when he was a week younger. <laughs> so I, was, I was much younger. Much more naive than... Not, not nearly as world weary as as the man you see uh, today. <laughs> How are you holding up? I mean, this is this is kind of a big deal to be able to um, to interview during one of your own. Con- I mean, that's, that's a fact. Yeah, that's that's kind of a hard. That's got to be. Well, you know, a lot of people at opening ceremonies, they probably you know they hear me come on stage and say, "Hey, I just want to thank these three managers," or they see me write that letter in, in the welcome uh, and, and say, "This is a this is a thank you note instead of a welcome letter." But really, the bottom line is, um, you know. They're all doing their job. Their crews are all doing their job. 
and everybody kind of knows how to handle what's going on. And the nice thing is that leaves me free to walk around and be available. You know, like we joked before this, I'm going to go shopping for the green rooms refill on supplies, uh, beer for the beer panel. You know, I'm going to take the guy that's going to, he could just drive himself, but I'm going to go and get this other stuff so I can kind of help fill in. We don't have a single director for talent relations this year. We have three people juggling and sharing. And so I can help them with anything that falls apart that they might need or, or whatever because of, you know, Jeremy Zott and Amy being on top of what they're doing. And then their people are on top of it. You know, Zott and I were talking last night. I said, Hey man, I mean, is everybody just not asking me because they think I'm too stressed out or, or whatever? Or is it really just going smooth? He's like, man, it's going smooth. I don't have anything going on either. And I said, well, just don't let anybody start whispering that Lucas isn't doing any work or whatever, because if you guys haven't asked, so I figure I'm good. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to like do things like a podcast, do things like, you know, chat with vendors about how things are going. And, and I don't have to be it's in much of a hurry. And that's really how it should be in most cases, because especially in the new organization, that's going to be more about relationships. And, and that's why people like Holly, you saw her figurehead main person of focus that would be available on the road representing MTAC. And that's why that's there because it really becomes their show. Um, these guys have really done a great job making this their show. Uh, and it really has reached kind of that point that it was when we conceived of it, you know, how do we spend the, the profit money? It's not enough money to pay somebody. How do we, how do we spend the money that MTAC is making? We can only put so much back into MTAC before it's just stupid because you can't cram you can't book a major JPOC band or whatever and, and then put them in the Sheraton. So we can't spend that extra money there. Maybe we should open an anime store. Well, one just opened in Nashville. Okay, well, maybe we should open a, uh, a video game lounge or the coffee shop. Nah, that's kind of, hey, maybe we should do this. And then finally we came to, maybe we should have a convention. Let's see. All right, yeah, okay, we'll have another convention. We want to do a convention for convention organizers? No, nah, we don't want to get beat up all the time. They'll never be happy and they'll find flaws in everything we do. So what's the next step? Let's do another convention that, Balances MTAC. Okay, cool. What can we do with what we learned over the years? And now you're seeing that. You're seeing a fast growth pattern. You're seeing staff that isn't losing their minds. That concept of if we could do now what we with what we didn't know then, um, it's kind of working. So it, I'm actually, you know, there were two or three weeks of stress leading up. Uh, you know, I was kind of losing my mind on stress right before the show. But it wasn't because of the show. It was because I had no car at the time. <laughs> I was trying to work out a purchase of a new car. Um, you know, I have uh, lots of stuff going on in the day job, and the boss was out of town, so I was, like, answering for him on a lot of stuff. And so there were a lot of little things on top of GMX. GMX itself didn't cause me that much stress. But a lot of people jumped in and said, hey, let me help you out. So, you know, Holly and I went last week. We went through the schedule, fixed all the little conflicts that had popped up. Um, and we've had a lot of staff impacted by their own stress. I and mean, we had two different staff with grandmothers that passed away, significant grandparents in their lives. Going a little further back within the last month, we had another person with a grandparent pass away. So you, you got to give these people time. The volunteers, you got to look, go do what you got to do for your family, and we'll try to cover it. So that piles on a little, but I really, uh, I've, I've been amazed at how smooth the show itself has been. Um, I woke up naturally this morning wishing I could get back to sleep and stay in bed for an hour because I didn't have to be somewhere at 8 a.m. like I normally would. And that's that's good stuff, and that means people are really doing their thing. So doing okay is the short answer. <laughs> well, we, we don't want to hold you from your from your beer run for much longer. So. <laughs> well, we'll kind of let you go with this. Um, is there anything that you want to say to anyone who might be listening? I would say, um, you know... The same, the same rules apply that we always try to put out there. Uh, we are 
ready and willing to hear from people with cool ideas. Uh, we want to know what people think of what we do and, and if they think they want to get involved and, and help improve it. Awesome. We would love to have people come on board. We always respond to criticism first by saying, first, feel free to come help us make it the way you see it. Um, you know, Jeremy did that and now look what we've got. So, um, there's plenty of room for, for cool stuff to happen. And, um, we are in, we are in gear to do lots of interesting things. And I think when people keep watching where we're going with it, they'll find even more exciting opportunity. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we, how we grow, what we do. Um, and I like being able to watch it kind of from this bird's eye view with all these guys. Um, I feel like, uh, these venue changes are really healthy. They're going to be amazing. Um, the excitement that we have over MTAC with the convention center is just impossible to describe. I constantly hear from friends saying that hotel is so sexy, that that uh, <laughs> dealer room is going to be huge. I mean, you think about it, our whole convention last year at MTAC could fit inside the dealer room at the next MTAC. That's how big nice. the dealer room is. And I tend to put the fans through years of turmoil because I've got a plan to be responsible with it and, and, you know, not overstep. And, you know, we, we all suffered through a small dealer room for a reason. You know, we all experimented with Easter and listened to people tell us that we hate Jesus and all this other stuff. It's like, no, there's a reason, um, you know, and, and the reason is that hotels can't book anything in the South on Easter weekend except fandom. <laughs> so we took that opportunity, tried it, it worked. And so all these things happen to lead us to a place that's uh, ultimately better for everybody. So I'm a big fan of answering questions with, uh, with a uh, pulverizing blow. So four or five years of complaints about the tiny dealer room. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here is our 40,000 square foot improvement. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Are you happy, man? <laughs> and honestly, it's uh, it's got a, a high probability of even more space. Um, we can, if we sell it out, we earn enough money to add it to the second unit and make it an eighty thousand square foot room. So Dang. there is so much room to grow and do good things. Um, and we're looking forward to sharing the venue with those guys. We think our fans will dig the tattoo and horror festival being down the hall, and we're gonna let all their people into our dealer room for free. Uh, you know, nice. just to, to give them the opportunity to shop all the crazy stuff that we've got <laughs> and our, our sword and, uh, clothing vendors are very pleased with that because that's a good crowd to cross over. So we, we're looking forward to having that venue be like just a Mecca of various levels of geek for the weekend. And he said Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> and we're looking for, uh, you know, we're looking for GMX to follow just the, this amazing fast, uh, skip ahead course that it's on. And who knows, maybe they'll both be huge, uh, and hopefully their seasons keep balancing out and uh, we've got nowhere to go but up. Well, we uh, certainly hope to, to see more of it. Uh, we're happy to, to sort of be part of the extended network and uh, really cannot wait for MTAC next year. Awesome. But thanks for joining us. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.